Hello. Hey, John. How are you doing this week? Hi there, Dan. You sound pretty enthusiastic. I got a little caffeine in me. I've been up, uh, you know, kind of early. So, yeah. You sound incredibly enthusiastic. Calm down. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm uh, I'm just raging. Just calm. Try to be calm. Well, you know, my... <laughs> I, I've been talking about this jack issue for several weeks, and now this jack is screwing up. Can you believe so it? So wait, the the subpar secondary jack that you have been struggling with, it now that has a problem. Yeah, that little jack now has a problem. Let's see. I've got another uh wrong jack here. Let's see if this if the sec if it's just a jack issue. Stand by, Dan. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. All right. Go go ahead. I, I kind of like this. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, unfortunately, it, it seems like it might be in the it's a, in the box. Oh boy, that's not good. No. Well, well, you know, it's um, uh, it's irritating, but it's going to be something that I live with because because I've made my bed here, Dan, with my <laughs> bad bad tech. So, I mean, is this fixable? Do you think? I mean, because from the quality of your audio, that hasn't changed. But you're saying you're struggling now when you're doing the show. There's things that are happening that are a problem. Yeah, there are things that are happening, and it, and I can't really troubleshoot it because it could be these uh, these old uh, headphones. I've got some um, some Bayer Dynamic headphones that mm-hmm. I bought several years ago. Yeah, uh, it could be. Uh, the crap jack. It could be that somebody uh, bonked it as it went into the Apogee Quartet. And uh, it it could be any one of these things. Sure. And I'm just going to have to live with it because there's just, there's just no way to troubleshoot it at the moment. No, I mean, there's no way to, there's no way to know. There's no way to fix it. There's no way, there's no way right now to fix it. I'll have to go through that, that whole troubleshoot thing that we as musicians you know uh, we have to do it all the time because it's like did the battery die is it where's the you've got 15 different quarter inch cables all jacked into one another you got to go through and test every one it's really just part of the job you know just yeah. part of the job no i hear you i hear you. yeah well, I'm glad that you hear me. I kind of hear you. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, at some point you could just purchase the new, a new thing and then you'd be, you'd probably be in good shape, right? I mean, that would be, like, it's not super expensive, right? Do you think? Oh, <clears throat> no, it's never, it's never really been about the expense. Um it's uh it's about the fact that I forget to do it. Oh, and, right, yeah. But and, I mean and, this can't be the only show that it's affecting, right? Like it's you do other shows. Yes, but it's only just it's only just uh manifest today this morning. Oh. And you know the the funny thing is that <clears throat> that Matt Howie of uh of Oregon, yeah. Uh Matt bought a uh, a universal audio uh, a- a analog to digital converter yeah, that he couldn't use. Right. And so he sent it to me in the mail. <laughs> um, but that universal audio 
A to D converter mm-hmm. um, has whatever Firewire three or or super jacked up boosted new connection that does not work with my um, mid two thousand fourteen MacBook Pro uh, Retina. Right. Yeah. The three three gigahertz dual core Intel Core i seven and so forth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh so uh so I can't use the universal audio because because you know, even though a universal audio eleven seventy six that was made in nineteen seventy two would plug in just just fine into any piece of audio equipment you could name. Sure. Uh, but these these ones that interact we no with longer computers. have the technology to make something like that. That's that's, that's, that's lost. Right. That's lost that's technology. Right. <laughs> that's right. You can't just plug it into the wall and have it work. It's got to have all the right drivers and all the right. And then it's obsolete. Of course, I've got a couple of different ones that were state of the art in their time that won't even you know can't couldn't interact with a computer even one that was made in 1999. <laughs> right. And uh, and so those are just stacked up in a bin somewhere. All these pieces of gear that at the time were well, they're just in there with with all the old cameras that I can't retrieve the the media. So there's probably some some dat, some mini dat, some a dat. Yeah, it's all in this bin. It's all in this great bin. I have some Future archaeologists. Oh, I had a little coffee. You know, I was noticing, Dan, I'm not somebody that carries a water bottle. Do you carry a water bottle? A carry? Like, take with me around places? God, no. Yeah. No. As part of your everyday carry. No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I'm, what I is mean, your, no. What's your everyday carry, Dan? I have, a, a, I have one of these very small, I think it's a Tanner Goods uh, wallet. Which is this the kind that, that nothing folds on it. It doesn't have a place for you to put cash into it. It is just it has like a place for like two two cards on each side and then a little middle part for you to put it in. And it's I guess ostensibly a front pocket wallet. Right. It's uh, a it's is, a money clip, basically. Well, no, it has slots for, for you to put um the cards into and it's made out of leather. And there's is nothing it R- that would, RFD protected? No. And I uh, and then I do have a separate money clip that's a very Texas thing. It's got a little bit of like a little turquoise uh, thing on it that mm. I would use if I need to take cash, which is a planned thing. I'm never just walking around really with like cash except like emergency. Like if I'm going to know I'm going to buy something in cash, I'll bring the cash with me, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got my keys. And then I have some kind of pocket knife with me. It depends on the day and what I think I'm going to be doing as to which uh, knife that I have with me usually. But I do put a little bit of thought into that in the morning. Think about what I'm going to be doing that day. If I'm going to be, you know, am I, am I just, am I just doing the regular day-to-day stuff? Am I going to be killing and, and uh, processing a, you know, a, a, a half ton buck? I don't know. You know, so right. I need to, I need to always keep that in mind. Um, how, how many pocket knives do you have to choose from in, in the morning? Maybe, 
that I would seriously consider taking with me, maybe four or five. The um, the latest one that I got is uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce this. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's C I V I V I C V V. I don't know. I, but they have, there's a knife there that I've got. That's great. It's a folding knife. It's uh, lightweight. It's got a nice blade to it. I've also got that spider code Delica four. Um, I've got a couple buck knives that are just, you know, really straightforward, like lockback buck knives. Um, I've got a Kershaw that I like. Um, just off the top of my head, those are the ones that I usually... And then there's one... I forget that one. I've had that one for like 25 years. I, I don't I don't know what it is. Sorry. And, and do, you, do you arrange them in an OCD fashion? Uh, like on a... Um, no, they're like just a, in the valet tray. But are they... Are they no. uh, pla- placed in nope. the valet tray or just Well, tossed? I mean, I... I They've been placed as a side effect of being thrown into there at the end of the day. But they're not arranged. No, I don't do that. Knolling. Now but are your watches arranged? Well, watches are a different thing because they're expensive. And um, there are watch boxes. So right. the watch box usually has a slot for you know maybe 10 different watches in it. And then there's a little... I hate to call it a pillow, John, but I don't know what else to call it. It's not like a pillow, but that's, I think, what they call it. But it's a little thing that the watch goes around the strap affixes around and then it fits into the little slot. But yes, you have to have something. Now I do have two of those, uh, each with two a, watch boxes, two watch boxes. And then I have overflow watches that I just keep in a drawer right, um, right, right. I because I don't have room for a third one of those. Yeah. And the overflow watches, are they also in circulation? Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally they're less, they're like the lesser used Right, right, and I, they're just in the drawer, in a, some swept in, you know, swept into a drawer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. Get I think it. people, I get people. I'm not saying you, but I think people have the impression that there's a lot of organizing and knolling and positioning of things just so on surfaces, and absolutely not. I do not believe in that. I feel like that's a huge time suck. My goal is to not have anything on any surface ever. All surfaces right. should be. Uh, bear, but that's not always possible. Where's your toaster oven going to go? Where's your, of course. you know what I'm saying? Like you got to have yeah. stu- some stuff out. So every, life is a compromise, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not like if I have like five knives that I'm going to like position them just so on the fucking top of the dresser. No, um, right, okay. I, I, I have priorities in my life and that's absolutely for the furthest you could go from a priority in my life. Uh, it, I, however, I do believe in organization. And so right. the knives will always go in one place. So I know where to look for them. And so I don't have to think about that. I see. And, I see. And, and like in my kitchen, it's not like there's going to be a spoon in the slot where the knives go or the forks no. go. No, you're not insane. No, it's not just like all silverware is in a bin. No, the silverware is organized, but that's because it's silverware. It's got to be organized. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. Of course. I have, you know, I, you know me, I'm all about powders, right? And I have a lot of, a lot of protein shakes. So I've got different containers for the protein shakes. And it's not like one of the containers is under the sofa in the living room and the other containers in the you know bathroom under the sink. No, this containers sit next to each other on the countertop because that's where they have to go. 
How, how many containers of protein powder do you have? Okay, I have two main protein powders. One is chocolate, one is vanilla, and they're different manufacturers for different reasons. I've yeah. got the I've got one for uh collagen powder, which is important. Um oh. I've got one for um the carb powder, which is essentially like sweet potatoes, but it's it, it thickens the smoothie or the shake if you're making one and if you don't have time to eat anything with the with the shake or if it's like a pre-workout, that's like a hundred calories of like really good clean carbs that are awesome. So that would be number three, four. And then yeah. I've got the, or is that five? One, two, three, four, five. And then I've got them like, you know, sometimes you want to put a little maca in there if you're going to be doing a workout or something. So I got a maca one. I think that's all I've got right now. What about psyllium husks? I don't know what that is. Oh, that's just a, you know, that's just a, it's, you know, scrapes your insides. No, I, so I just, it, that's the opposite of what I want. And, oh, uh, you're what, talking about like a citrusel. Like I used to take citrusel the decades ago. Yeah, no, none, none of that, none of that. What about uh, acidophilus? Absolutely not. Okay. If I um, want, if I want any kind of probiotic, then that's in the probiotic that's in the fridge. But that's a pill. Oh, 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 oh right, right, right. But you got to take uh, you. There's stuff, especially someone like you, John. You need to be you need to be taking some kind of supplements at least. You need to be taking something. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm taking. So you got to get your zinc. Yeah, you know I, get, I get my zinc. Okay. Oh, my zinc is overflowing. Right, have you tested yourself? Um, <clears throat> what about tested magnesium? Myself. You're getting enough magnesium? How do you know you have enough zinc? Well, uh, you know, I take one of those one-a-day vitamins for men. Mm-hmm. Pass. Hard pass. Well, that has all the vitamins. It doesn't give you enough of anything, and it's that's the worst. But it's, it's the worst? Yeah. I mean, I would think the worst would be to not take any vitamins. Uh, I don't know. I take an extra vitamin D because I live Good. in the Northwest. Yeah, no, that's excellent. D3, and you want to get the K2 with the D3. It helps with absorption. So I hope you're taking oh, yeah. that. Yeah, the K2 with the D3. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. It's right over there. And, um, you know, and I take a little NAC and I take some NAD. Both of those are a little bit more esoteric, I think. After the, after this, John, I'm going to take a picture of the pills that I take every morning. Every morning. And I'll okay. make that our show art. Oh, oh, good. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to see it just so I can compare and contrast it with my, right. uh, cent, my centrum for men. <laughs> it's not the centrum for men. That's not going to cut it, man. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not going to cut it. All right. Well, you know what? I used to take zero pills and then I had to take the one pill for the, for my health, for my mental health. And then it became very clear that I needed to do some uh, some hypertension management. Yes. And so I started to take a pill, and then they gave me a second pill for that. And then I uh, I was uh, the the pill I was taking for my uh, mental health uh, was uh, the people around me were telling me that it was causing me to have short term memory lapses. Oh. And I ignored I ignored them for a while, and then well, it was uh, easy to forget about it, wasn't it? And then, and then I forgot completely about it. <laughs> well, we but were talking on the last episode about how you've been having the short term. Are you talking about that recently, or is this something? No, that- no, no, no. This was a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. And so I went online, and you know, as you do, yeah. I don't, I don't know if the, I don't know the last time you went onto the comments section on WebMD, 
but there I avoid. I cannot. <laughs> that is not the place for me. I will not. I, I mean, I should probably set up a, a blocker so I can't even accidentally get to WebMD. That's not my not my zone at all. No, there are a lot of very brilliant thinkers on there. A lot of a lot of great scientists. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> who are sharing their experiences in the right. comment section of WebMD. No, They're helping everyone, people. Everyone there just landed from outer space. Yeah. Yep. And uh, but somehow in my in my uh, you know my kind of checking the the reference blogs. Yeah. I I saw a common thread which was that uh, this. Um, this supplement, this you know, because they they all end up being salts of some kind, but this this uh, supplement NAC was a thing that you know because because it's all anecdotal, right? If you talk to a uh, to a psychiatrist, they're going to say, "Oh well, I don't think that uh, memory is a side effect of this." drug right you're like well i don't know i started taking the drug and i got this but you know they <laughs> my my doctor gave me that that add medication right sure uh, and i was inc- i was walking around incredibly pinched and irritated mm. and uh, i talked to him about it and he said well one of the side effects of this medication is irritation but also you prescribe this meditation uh, this medication to deal with irritation and I was like, right, okay. <laughs> right, how okay, could it well, cause it and fix it at the same time? That doesn't... Yeah. So I said, I think the solution is that I'm going to stop taking that. Right. But I, And I did. But I started taking Wait, this, which one was that? That was, uh, that was propylhopinophenol. Okay. <laughs> um, but I started taking NAC... Because it seemed like it was just a complementary supplement. It actually was used, you know, it's over the counter. It was used to treat bipolar depression at some point. So I just, I looked at all of it. It was like cheap to buy. Mm -hmm. You could get a, you know, giant jar of it for 15 bucks. And I was like, I'll take it. What's the worst that can happen? And it, and it seems to have helped. It seems to, you know, this is just self-prescription now at this point. And then uh, I was I was dating Millennium girlfriend. She was living. She had moved from San Francisco to Venice Beach, California, and she was living in that world of you know like hyper performing tech millionaires who were taking you know performance enhancing drugs of every kind, and uh, they were all flying around on hoverboards and yeah. you know and they all had whatever bionic eyes, right. And that was right when that drug Elysium came out. Do you yes, remember this? yes. And I remember you were you were taking that for a while, or you were taking your own version of that. That's right. There were there were forty Nobel laureates that all uh, you know were paid fifty thousand dollars to staple their names to this stuff. Yeah, and that's NAD plus NAD plus. Uh, huh. And that is a different thing entirely. It is not an inexpensive drug, but no. it's a it's a um, you know it's a Dan it's a beta blocker. It's it converts um, sunlight into protein. It um, it's a, a what does it do? Uh, all of the the sun's rays bounce off of your inside, so you don't age. 
basically creates a force field around you so no one can punch you. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking it uh, because she was taking it and I was like, sure, I'll live in this world. I mean, it's, you know, it's like when, when Ben Gibbard married Zoe Deschanel, he moved to Los Angeles and she had a lot of movie star friends. And so there was just kind of an expectation that Ben was going to develop some Hollywood friends too. And, um, and so the Hollywood friend that he most gravitated toward was John Krasinski. And the two of them, you know, started hanging out, going to ball games or whatever. Ben, Ben over here and his brand new friend, John Krasinski. And they were, they palled around for a little while, but let me tell you, there's no universe in which Ben from Bremerton, Washington is ever really going to have a common cause with John Krasinski, who even then was, you know, flying high in his, uh, in his Hollywood hovercraft. And Ben's a, you know, he's a, a local guy. He's a normal guy. He's not, <clears throat> they're not, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't end up. It, well, you know, and the marriage didn't work out, but he tried to, he tried to make it happen. He tried to be a Hollywood person and he ended up moving back to Seattle and he's here with his, his bros. And that was a, you know, that was an experiment. Same with me living in Venice beach, riding around, you know, eating a low salt diet. We, there was a place in Venice that made its own granola. And if you didn't get there, by a certain time, like you couldn't buy, you couldn't buy the granola at any price. And it was $30 <laughs> for a cup and a half of granola. And, Did uh, you try it? Was it, was it worth it? Oh, well, Millennium Girlfriend was like, this is the granola. We can't, we're not, it's not like you can eat other granola. No. And I was like, there's so much freaking granola in Venice Beach. You can get granola. And she's like, no, that's the wrong granola. And so we would <clears throat> go down and line up get this granola and could you tell and, the difference i mean I, I know you're into food and you know that kind of oh, thing. oh dan let me tell you this was top shelf granola I mean, you can I mean, tell the difference oh there's no question this was this was homemade hot off the granola baker um you know right out of the toaster oven and then we you know but but look i mean i love granola as much as the next guy yeah but sure pretty soon you're taking performance enhancing drugs and you're wearing those little or you know the little socks that little ankle socks i mean i never went that far but it's you know uh, everybody's getting tattoos and they're wearing cashmere t-shirts what even is that so, cashmere t-shirts oh yeah oh yeah cashmere t-shirts looks like a t-shirt you look at it you're like guy guy's wearing a hanes t-shirt but no it's cashmere it costs twelve hundred dollars huh so I started taking this NAD plus then, and I didn't, I didn't buy the Elysium cause, cause it, it, it feels like a, it's one of those things like they used to do with, um, with gym memberships. Do you remember when you would walk into a gym and you'd say, I'd like to go to the gym and they're like, great. And they'd give you this big car salesman hustle of course. where you were, you know, you were going to buy a year membership and. And, uh, I mean, it was a real hard sell. Yeah. And you're like, no, I That's just want to go the way to the it gym. Is. It's still the way oh, it is. Oh, it is? Yeah. That's how it is? Sure. That's how I they make a, a make business. They know that 90% of the people who sign up will never come. 
Right. And so they're banking on that. And then they, yeah, that's, they, they get you in with the big spiel and they talk to you about, well, you know, there's a promotion. Uh, yeah, a promotion. That's right. You know, it's, it's, I don't know if I can still get you this. I don't know if I can, I'm going to have to check uh, with my boss. <laughs> I'm going to try and get you this though. You're, I mean, if you, if you're here to do this today, I can probably still do it. Cause it just, you see, John, it just ended yesterday, but oh, oh. there is still, a, if you, let, I'm going to have to make a call. I'm going to have to make, let me, I'll be right back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's, that's how that works. I've Cause it's just, it ended thing. yesterday, John. I know, I know, I know. I'm such an idiot. I should have come yesterday. I might be able to I, still get it for you. I solved all this problem by going to the YMCA. And, you know, the YMCA doesn't care whether you live or die. No. I mean, they're, they're happy to help you live. <laughs> right. Uh, but well, they care because they want, they, they want you there, but yeah. Yeah, they want you there. But they're not trying to – the YMCA is not trying to sell you anything. No. Um, I took judo but, at, the, at the Y when I was a kid. Oh yeah, and the YMCA here—it's got a nice gym, it's got a swimming pool, it's got childcare, it's got you know, it's got everything, dance lessons. Uh, but yeah, I went to some Gold's gym or some some gym like that, twenty-four hour fitness, and I was like, "You are selling me too hard on this thing," because I'm exactly the guy that's going to join this gym in January, and then never go, you know, past February tenth, I'm never going to come to this gym again. So no way am I buying a year membership. Well, that's what Elysium felt like. It was like, all right, you sign up and you'll get a new bottle every 32 days and, you know, and this, that, and the other. And it's this whole, this whole bit. And I felt like, you know, you can just buy this stuff. Like yeah. you just go on Amazon and buy it. When you right. Need it. Right. I don't need all this song and dance. Uh, and so sometimes I run out of it and I don't. I don't want to spend a bunch of money on it and I leave it alone. But then something in the back of my head is like, but what about the oxidation, John? Like, are you going to sit here yeah. 52 years old and just let free you know radicals? You're getting oxidized at all times right now. You don't even well, know it. But what about free radicals? I'm getting radicalized oh. or, or I'm not free or whatever it is that happens with those. So uh, then I buy it and I take it. And it's one of those things where do I feel a difference? Absolutely not. Is it maybe the only thing that's keeping me alive? Maybe. You know, the guy that played uh, Omar on The Wire just died yesterday. Saw that. I saw that. He's the same age as me, basically. You know, a year or two older than me. What's he dying for? Maybe yeah, he, he was, had, what was he, 53 or 54 or something? 54, yeah. But, you know, it might have been the free radicals. I don't know. That's not okay. No, 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 no. I mean, no. What, no. So right. you're, are you, yes or no, you're taking this on a regular basis? I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking it. It does not, I, I do not feel different when I take it when I don't. Um, but, uh, but I'm taking it just because, because I have this, I have this vision of being, still being somewhat adjacent to the world of Southern California tech millionaires and if i can just you know if i can just cling to the hem of their garment right. maybe as they ascend directly to heaven they'll drop me off somewhere along the way you know <laughs> just they'll drop me off on a cloud somewhere halfway up um so that's i think that's pretty much my regimen now except my psychiatrist every time i go see him and i have to this is the this is the rail racket they won't they won't keep 
re-upping my prescription forever, I have to go back. Yeah, absolutely. Periodically yeah. in order to get the, you know, because I'm, I'm a junkie now for this stuff that, that, <laughs> that just makes me feel like a normal person, but I'm still, I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't crave it because it, again, it doesn't, there's no jazz to it. Well, that's not true. There's a little jazz to it. And the jazz is normality, right? Which if you have not had normality in a long time, normality feels like a little jazz. Absolutely. Um, but I, but I have to go see my dealer who is this guy with 11 teen PhDs. Mm -hmm. And every time I talk to him, he's like, well, you know, there is a, there is a drug that combats anxiety, but also is a blood pressure medicine, but also inhibits the production of guanfacine. You're like, did I, I didn't know I had guanfacine. Oh no, actually it increases the production, but it has the same effect as reducing the production. You're like, I don't know, man. So he gives me a different prescription every time for a different thing. And I generally just let those bottles stack up in the corner because I, I'm, you know, all I was talking about was some existential problem. It wasn't that I needed a drug for it, but you know, I don't want to disappoint him. You know what I mean? Like he prescribed something. I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint him and go like, no, thanks. But it doesn't just cause somebody prescribes it for you. It doesn't mean you have to take it. I mean, that's true, but that's, I mean, unfortunately they prescribed, they prescribed, uh, ADD medication and, and bipolar medication many times to me over my life. And I never took it. And, you know, then I realized, oh, I am bipolar. Well, it was, I, I could have been taking lithium for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that would have felt like. I'm kind of glad I didn't. I'm kind of glad you didn't too. <sighs> but you've got kids, Dan, and that means you must have water bottles around the house. Do you not? Do you not have water bottles? Uh, yeah, I got a, I mean, there's the two kinds. There's the temporary kind that get recycled and there's the, the good kind, the permanent kind. How many big permanent water bottles do you have? Do you think my son has one that he uses every day in his lunch? My daughter has one that she uses for her lunch. And then I've got a couple of them that I use, um, when I'm in the gym because you gotta have water to drink in the gym. I usually put some kind of tablet in it because water, water is, dis I don't know if you know this water is disgusting. It tastes disgusting. Oh. Oh dear. And um it should not be drinking its standard form. You have to flavor it with something. I mean I'm sure oh. you know this. I'm sure you know this. My goodness. I I didn't. I'm, no, I mean I'm, I'm sure you're being polite. I appreciate that. But no, you you knew this. Everyone knows this. You can't just drink water. It's gonna have a tablet because it's twenty twenty one. You put some kind of tablet in it that does no, something. Maybe it adds caffeine, maybe it's just a flavor, maybe it adds vitamins, maybe it, it is some pre workout thing to make you jacked. For me, it just makes it taste like uh, limes or something. No, I just I just drink it straight out of the tap. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> great. Yeah, it just comes right out, and it kind of smells like uh, pipes. Yeah, um, but it came from a you know here in Washington we have these uh, reservoirs up in the mountains. Yeah, where the the water is recently melted from the snow, and then it oh, comes nice. down through pipes that are made out of giant cedar logs and then at a certain point it goes into other pipes concrete pipes and then you know it's got to go through some lead at some point yeah 
And then here in uh, in Normandy Park, Washington, it goes through some you know underground spring, and it imparts just just the faintest hint of sulfur to it, and then it just comes right out of uh, it goes through the pecs that I had installed in my house and comes right out of the out of the tap, and that's what I was getting at. I have so many water bottles. Because water bottles are a thing, you know, they're a piece of swag. I have at least three water bottles from the XOXO festival where you and I met. Yeah, I've, those, those are a couple of them. Yep. I've got all these ones from different organizations, all these, you know, every time you go to a conference, people are handing them out. Plus, there's the ones that you buy along the way where you're like, oh, this is cool. I got to have one of these, you know. But I don't use them. I don't take a water bottle with me. I don't I don't think about a water bottle. And like if so, I'm going to work out and it's in my one. in my garage, which is where my gym is set up, yeah. then I've gotta fill up one of those things and take it out there with me. You wouldn't just go into the kitchen, which is adjoining the garage and get it's a glass not of water. the garage is not physically attached to my home. <gasps> is that right? You have yeah. a barn? It's not a barn. It's it's a detached garage. A detached I mean, if you want to call it a barn, uh, you could, but it's n- nothing like a barn. It's you know ten feet away from the house, but for whatever reason, it's separate. I don't know why, but it's separate. So you walk, <clears throat> you walk to, out there. I'm trying to think of why. Why? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. Why would they do? What if? What if there's a tornado? You're going to want to walk. You're going to want to stay in a in the house. Correct. Yeah. What if? What if giant eagles are plaguing <laughs> Austin? You yeah. don't want to have to run out to the garage every day. No. And then I probably if if there were giant eagles, I probably wouldn't work out as much. That's weird. You know, in in Seattle, in town. Garages are very uncommon. Uh, almost no house has a garage. Some of the ones, some of the bigger ones had garages, you know, the old ones had garages built into their basement, but they're, they were built to accommodate a Model T. So, you know, no modern car can fit in them. Uh, you have to actually kind of get out to the suburbs to even find houses with garages. Um, so that this house is the first house I've ever owned. I mean, I've only owned two houses, but this is the first house I've ever lived in, in Seattle that had a functioning garage. Mm. And then I filled it up with boxes. So immediately it stopped functioning as a garage. Sure. Anyway, about five months ago, six months ago, still, you know, sketchy COVID times, just sort of like now. Mm-hmm. Um, my group of of uh, guys that that go out to dim sum every once in a while uh, at, at an event we call the Dim Summit. They <laughs> they started sending messages saying like it's been a year since we had a dim summit. It's too long. We have to figure out a way to do it. And so one of our uh, one of our crew suggested Din Tai Fun, which is the little, uh, you know, Chinese bun 
steamed bun place. Right. That's uh, when they first opened here. It was very fancy. You couldn't get in. Now it's been here long enough that it's still really difficult to get in. Um, but we get there. So, so we're all driving from far. This was a bad idea. Dim Thai Fun, let me just say, it was a bad idea. It's not dim sum and it's not conveniently located except for the one guy who suggested it. Oh, right. It leads by his house. Yeah. So we yeah. all have to drive hours and hours and hours to get to this place. And we get there. And as I arrive, I get a text. Oh, no. I arrive. I go to Dintaifan. I walk all the way around it, like inside the restaurant, looking at all the tables. My friends aren't anywhere. And I get a message. Oh, we're at the Shake Shack. <laughs> now, the Shake Shack is not... It is not the same. At all. We've gone... We fell precipitously to Din Tai Fun, but now we have plummeted mm-hmm. into the darkness of Shake Shack. And mm-hmm. I, for people who don't have a Shake Shack, it started as a, a restaurant, a standalone uh, hamburger stand in Union Square in New York City. And it was a it was one of these things where there was a line around the block to get a freaking hamburger and a milkshake. There are probably 15 places within uh, within five blocks of the Shake Shack where you can get a hamburger and a milkshake in New York City. But no, this one's making the hamburgers differently. They're putting Lowry's seasoning salt on it or something. Right. And so then they opened a Shake Shack in Brooklyn maybe. There was one in JFK. And as soon as it was in JFK – in the Delta terminal, then everybody that's flying Delta is having a Shake Shack because there's a long line there. And then it's a, and now it's a chain and they're everywhere. And there's one here. So we go to the Shake Shack and it's just a burger and fries, Dan. There's nothing about it. I was actually, but, if I'm being totally honest, I mean, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, I think. Um, but I have to, I feel like I have to say it. I, I've, we have a Shake Shack here and I've eaten it the one in New York. And it, like it, it was fine, yeah. It, it was fine. I don't know what the big yeah. deal is. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know why it, it. What does it have a claim to fame for? Why is it? Why do people know about it? What? What? What is it about? And I. I would. I, I want to open myself up, John, and say, please email me and explain. I know. Please email me and explain why this is a thing. Why why do people talk about the Shake Shack like it's something that we should care about, like it's special? Why is that? I'm and I'm not I'm not saying this. I don't mean this in a snarky way. I don't mean this in a way that's like, uh, you know, like I'm trying to to get someone's goad or like make them feel bad for liking it. I'm legitimately asking, what is it about the Shake Shack that make someone pick that over something else. I don't get it. We have it here. It's always busy. The the people running it are typically pretty rude. Uh mm-hmm. they don't they they're they're disinterested in you. You're mm-hmm. a burden. They, you can tell you're taking them when you go there to order, you're taking them away from whatever it is that they wish they were really doing. Mm-hmm. And, writing their great American novel. Yeah, and the food is fine. It's fine. It's an average hamburger. Um, the French fries are average and it's more expensive than it should be. Mm-hmm. 
How, how do you feel about the in and out burger in, in uh, Southern California? The one over on like Camrose or by well, Camrose? I mean, they're all over LA. You, you pick, take your pick, but um, how do you feel about that? Good. It's a good, it's a good burger. It's not amazing. It's not like I'm going to, you know, if, if I'm hungry and I want a hamburger and there's one nearby and there's nothing like stand out that's just a little further away. Sure. I'll, I'll go to that. It's fine. You know, here in our neighboring town of Burien, Washington, there's a little hamburger joint called Little Chicken Burger. <laughs> and they don't sell chicken. <laughs> no. It's just a burger and milkshake place. Okay. I sure. think you can get you can get fried mozzarella sticks there. That's as close to chicken as they have. Okay. But for some reason it's called Little Chicken Burger. And uh, we call it Little Chicky Burger because that's what happens. You know, you get a thing, you like it, yeah. and you end up it ends up it's uh, a nickname. transmogrifying right yeah, little little chicky burger actually i would say a nickname is an in, a pretty good indication that something's either you really like it or you really hate it yeah oh that's right well there is a chicken restaurant in burian and it is called baka bok <laughs> and baka bok is very Which good needs at, no nickname i would say that's right no baka bok is just baka bok yeah uh, and they make great chicken at baka bok um, but little chicky burger makes great hamburgers and milkshakes. And not only that, but there's two guys that work there and my guess is that they're from Lebanon. I mean, you know, might, might Pennsylvania? be left from Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're very friendly. They're always working at least when I go in there and, uh, they always get your order right. That's key in a restaurant. Yeah, so you order five burgers. This one, no pickles. That one has Swiss cheese. This one with the this. I mean, my my little crew that orders hamburgers, everybody's got some thing that makes them special. And when you go to pick it up, the guy sits and reads it off to you. Yeah. And they always get it right. There's no, You're never like, I said no onions. So you know, like five stars, right? But there's only one little chicky burger. I never saw another one. I mean, it's just these two guys. How could there be a second one? Yeah, there couldn't be. Anyway, I'm at this Shake Shack with these ding-dongs, and I'm already like, you know, I'm three quarters of the way to being like, why? I, I'm, well, no, I was all the way to, why the hell am I here? Yeah. I didn't drive all the way across town to sit at a at a Shake Shack. And they've gone even further at the Shake Shack. They don't even take your order anymore. You walk up to a computer screen and you, you know, beep, boop, beep. They don't, even, they don't even want to talk to you anymore. The first time I ever saw one of those, it was at a McDonald's. And it was, um, you Japan. know, when you go into, it wasn't in Japan. When you go into Prospect Park, Prospect Park in Brooklyn is one of those areas that for years and years and years, you got on one side of it, you got Park Slope which is, you know, um, that's where the hipsters, the hipsters want to live there, I think. Yeah. And, and, um, it, that wasn't always true. It was, you know, it was middle-class, uh, middle-class families. Um, you know, it was, but, but still like nice brownstones and whatnot. And then, um, when you go across prospect park, um, you get to the other side of it, it's, um, it's a different story. And this is true, um, of places all around America. And I think all around the world, you, um, you know, in the space of just a few blocks, uh, 
the character of the neighborhood can change significantly. I, so, I think yeah, you you've said that very well, and I I've I I believe you've traveled much more than I have, but in my experience, New York is sort of the quintessential. This is the place where you can walk for a block, and now it looks like a completely different part of the world yeah. than it did on the last block. Yeah, and if you had, you know, if you had, if you had a south across Prospect Park. You know, you you get out the other side and you, you're in Flatbush, right? Um, and it's a different story. And I was over there one time. I I I like the park and I like to go out the south side because there's actually some killer neighborhoods over there that um, that all the people over in Park Slope don't don't know about, like neighborhoods about, with right. big beautiful houses. But there was a McDonald's, and I hadn't been to a McDonald's in a long time. It was a hot day. I was like, I'm going to go into a McDonald's and I'm going to get a burger and a shake. And I walked into the McDonald's. It's a bustling place. It's, you know, it's like, I don't remember whether it was in Leffert's Gardens or it was somewhere over there, somewhere on the, you know, on the other side. And, um, and, and they had video screens where you were supposed to put your order in and then get in line and by the time you got to the front, your order would be ready. Mm. And I stood and looked at this interface, and people were coming and going and punching in their their burger orders. And I was so freaked out, I ran out of there. <laughs> and I, you know, I ran to some neighboring bodega, and I got a a coffee regular and a roast beef sandwich. But at this particular Shake Shack, which I should say is in the university village, which is kind of a hoity shopping area. I, I punch in my order, which is of course a hamburger and a milkshake and I wanted a water. And so I ordered a water and then you go sit at your table and they come bring it to you as though it's some sort of table, ser- table service situation. Right, sure. So it's, it's one of these things. There's a restaurant on Capitol Hill, um, that's called Odd Fellows, and it was started by uh, this restaurateur and bar owner Linda Dershang. Who Linda is like, um, she's a real high-powered kind of uh, like medium-level restaurateur and bar owner. She started several restaurants and bars that are all very popular, and it's not like fine dining or anything, but it's not—they're not rinky either. They're like they're places that you're meant to go hang out. They're very neighborhoody. And Odd Fellows, she opened it up, and it became just a place where you walk in there, and all the, you know, there are people at every table, kind of writing, um, people reading, lots of, you know, it's a meeting place, a kind of. And Linda couldn't f- decide whether she wanted it to be a restaurant or a cafe. Hmm. And Seattle's got a lot of cafes where you walk in, you walk up to the counter, you order your food, you take a little number on a stick and you go sit at your table. Yeah. And also we all know what a restaurant is. You sit at your table, the, the server comes over, takes your order, but odd fellows, I don't know why she swallowed a fly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand why Linda couldn't decide. 
but she made it so that sometimes you walked in and went up to the counter and ordered. And sometimes, I'm talking about certain hours of the day, you would walk in, sit down at the table, and someone would come over in a white shirt with an apron and take your order. Sometimes you would order at the counter and pick up your food at the counter. Sometimes you would order at the counter, but they would bring you your food. Different every day. Do you think it was different based on like who was working that day? No, no. I think that it was part of, a, of an overall plan. You know, some restaurants, they close in the early afternoon and then reopen. Oh, man, I don't care it was for like, that. No, no, it was like a reset. Some kind of like, and now we're a restaurant. And now we're a cafe. Mm. And, and it, to me, as a regular for a time, it was opaque when you walked in what type of environment you were going to walk into. And this is partly because I don't generally know what time it is. And so I would, you know, wake up and I would go down and I would walk in and whatever the cutoff line was, 3 p.m. or something, Mm -hmm. you know, I was always going to be right on one side or the other of this. And so either I went in and it was a cafe and then while I was there, we transitioned to a restaurant, at which point, you know, me in there utilizing it as a cafe was sort of like, hmm, we're a restaurant now. Right. Or I would walk in and walk up to the counter and say, I think I'll have a sandwich and a thing. And they're like, actually, if you can go take a seat. But they would always, the staff would always kind of be like, because it was clear to them, they didn't understand why it wasn't clear to me. Like, you're doing it again type of thing. Well, so the Shake Shack, I wanted a water. I ordered a water. And the person comes out, you know, with all of our food on a tray as though we had ordered it from them instead of from a computer. And here's the burger and here's the shake. And then the water is in an aluminum screw top can. And it's shaped like a water bottle. It's made of aluminum and it has a, it has a kind of a big mouth lid like like a Mickey's Big Mouth, except it's made of aluminum. And I said, what the hey is this thing? And in, in looking at it, I realized, oh, I see. They sell you the water, but they have a water fountain inside. So after you drink the water, you can go refill it at their refilling station. Mm-hmm. And it's a reduce, reuse, recycle situation because aluminum is recyclable in a way that water bottles only pretend to be, uh, plastic ones. So I get to the end of the meal, and I have to say I'm, I'm satisfied with this arrangement. I drank the water. <laughs> right. I went in. I filled it up again. Mm-hmm. I drank a second bottle of water. Mm-hmm. The aluminum can was was pleasing it was kind of in it's green it has a sort of gradiated tone from top to bottom uh and so i did the i did the thing as as someone who has collected 40 water bottles from every comic-con and every tech company i ever walked into 
I took the water bottle. I took it home with me. And I did it. It's for you. Well, yeah, thank you. I did it knowing full well that this aluminum water bottle was going to end up in a in a pile with all these other water water bottles and it was just a piece of junk i should have thrown it in the in the recycling right there and they they would i'm sure they melt them down and remake the water bottles every 3 days but i took it home and then the strangest thing happened this water bottle the shake shack natural spring water Refill, refresh, repeat, reusable, recyclable, BPA-free, triple triple filtered, 7.4 pH spring water is what they're selling you. I started to keep the bottle on the countertop and use it every day. It became my drinking glass. It became the, the bottle that I used to water the plants. It became the bottle that I used to fill up the coffee maker. Mm-hmm. I use this bottle more than any other dish or or fork. I use it. It's one of the. It's one of my primary interfaces. Every day I walk into the kitchen in the morning. I fill up the coffee maker from this bottle. I take my pills with the bottle. Water the plants. Why? Why I've got I've got a lazy Susan over here with fifteen better water bottles. And this thing now it's dented and the it's you know, it's it's you know, it's lived a life. I'm drinking out of it right now. I was gonna say, is that what you're doing? I'm sitting here drinking out of it. Do you ever fill it with beef. anything besides water? No, 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 no. I think I think that's part of the thing. If if you put something in it besides water, I think it would ruin it forever. But it's inexplicable to me why, of all the things, I mean, there's something to it, right? That it's like in the Indiana Jones where he goes in and he goes past the Knight Templar Hmm. and looks at a room full of beautiful cups and the Knight Templar says, pick the one that belonged to Jesus. Right, Jesus, a cup of a carpenter. It's the cup of a carpenter. That's right, and not the, and not the cute looking ones, but the the purpose no, built ones. You know, the one that's been used. The you know the humble one that's up there on the back, and all these ones that have gold and diamonds. I mean, the the weird uh, blonde guy in the blue suit. He ended up turning into I don't know whether he melted or turned into ashes. I don't remember what happened to him. Something bad because he picked the fancy cup. Mm-hmm. So you would think, I mean, it's Jesus. He's like the, the Lord and savior for a lot of people. He wouldn't, he have like the best cup. Wouldn't he have like the King's cup? He's the, he's the top notch. He wouldn't have the like beat up old crap cup. No, especially if he's going to impart it with the, with the magic of the grail. Right. Right. I mean, you know, somebody had to do that, right? It's not, it's not that, that, uh, eternal life just rubbed off of Jesus's lips. Right. Like he had to touch the cup and say like, yeah, he was intentional. He's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make yeah. this a thing. He said, abracadabra right. or whatever, whatever that would have been in Aramaic. Right. So, you know, so this is my, this is my carpenter's cup here. And for all I know, it's this that's keeping me alive. 